Hey, as DC said, we're in the last week of our Get Hooked series and uh, we're looking at how we can hook ourselves into the promises of God, how we can hook our faith into the promises that God has in store for us. And we know that God has good things in store for us. He has good things planned out for us. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord's plans, prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. But, you know... Even though there's these good promises and, and we can read these things and be encouraged, how many of us know that sometimes things happen? And sometimes there are even a, a bit of a gap time between us knowing the promise and us seeing the promise fulfilled. And, and in that gap time, we can find that there's a little bit of fear creeping and a little bit of doubt creeping. And all of a sudden, we find our, our grip on faith getting a little bit more slippery. Uh, and in that time, we, what we need to do is get a new grip on faith, get a new reach on the promises of God. And so what we're doing today is we're actually hearing from people that have been through the gap time and seen God's promise fulfilled. And, uh, and you know, Jesus talks about this, this gap time. Jesus talks about how we can get a new grip, and he gives us this analogy. He says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain came... Uh, the rain came down, the, uh, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat uh, against the house, yet it did not fall because, it was, because its foundation was on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who builds his house in the sand. The same storm comes, the same rain comes that hit the house that didn't fall, but the house on the sand got knocked over. And it's the same with the promises of our lives. We get to choose what we're going to build our lives upon. Are we going to build it upon the sand, upon you know, uh, the, the feelings and, and how we're going that week, or are we going to build it upon the promises and truths that we find from God? And so that's what we're doing today. And we've had um, you know, two awesome weeks previously uh, with couples sharing. And this week, we've got something really special. We've got um, Norm and Bev coming to share with us. Norm and Bev were the pastors of Oceans Albany and they were pastors there for it's 28 years. 28 years and just in April, um, they handed over the reins to Shafe and Jess and our church, which used to be called Everlife up here, got married to Oceans in Albany and we became one church in two locations. And, uh, and yeah, before we welcome them up, we just stand on the shoulders of these guys. In many ways, these Guys are more than just legends in Albany. They're legends in our state. Um, they've been through the ups and the downs. 28 years, you're going to see your rough times and you're going to see your good times. And so these guys are legit. They're the real deal. Um, so can we welcome them as they come? Let's stand up and welcome them as they come to the stage. Come grab a seat, grab a seat. You guys can grab a seat too. Awesome. I think we have another mic. There we go. Uh, I think the little button next to your thumb on the top. On the top, if you hit that. Is that red? Yeah, there we go. That's good. That's good to go. Yeah, all good. One, two. Perfect. We got there. So how are you guys going? You good? Doing well, yeah. Doing good. Doing well. Glad to be here. Glad, glad to be here. Enjoying the Perth weather. It's been Absolutely. nice. Absolutely. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah, it's good. Hey, why don't you guys start off by just um, telling us a little bit about yourselves. What are you into? What's your life like? <laughs> so, um, we're Norman Bev. Thank you for the lovely welcome. That was yeah. so nice. 
I don't know about legends, that makes it scary getting up here. And <laughs> yeah, but we, um, we have been married for 40 years. Yes, it's amazing, isn't it? Um, I, we actually just bought a nice ruby ring for me. Just, just, just keep hanging there, girls. You'll get a ruby ring one day. And, and it was hard for me to believe that we've been married 40 years, but we do have uh, four adult children. And, uh, and Jessica uh, Williams is our eldest daughter. And we have um, our four adult children with their partners have produced for us 12 grandchildren. Yeah. yeah. So that's... Do uh, you want us to talk a little bit about what yeah. our interests are? Just, yeah. Yeah. So, Jaden asked if we could talk just a little bit about who we are. So, for me, I'm into physical activity. So, uh, before the Lord called me to church, I was a physical education teacher for 20 years and I love all things sport. Um, and particularly right now into my 60s, I'm still surfing, so I'm really enjoying oh. surfing. And There's hope surfing, all the young people to you know, continue that on for another 40 yeah. years. That's <laughs> good. Let's keep it up. Yeah, so that, that's probably uh, me. Yeah, yeah. and um, I'm probably not as, um, as active as Norm is, but it's his pretty the hard act to follow. But uh, I'm, I guess I'm more creative. I like, um, I like cooking. I like girls. I like clothes and um, makeup. And I'm really into all of that. I'm really committed to it. And... Um, <laughs> I love, um, yes, I like things like interior design. I'm discovering um, art, painting a little bit. I've got a little bit more time and I like to write as well. So it's a little bit of me. Yeah, You're always discovering yourself. Really. Yeah. And so what areas of the church were you involved in, in serving in? Yes, so we uh, served in the church from the beginning. So we, were, uh, we committed our lives to the Lord about 40 years ago. So stretching right back, we've got a, a big history. But right at the very beginning, we we were sort of more present than the Holy Spirit in church. You know, we just hit it with a real enthusiasm. Yeah. And we've served in uh, a lot of areas. I, I just made a few lists. We served with youth, children, uh, connect groups. We served in the worship area, platform leadership. Mm-hmm. Bev led the women's ministry. I led the men's ministry. So um, we just got involved wherever we could serve Jesus. And, of course, our longest position has been as the senior leaders at Oceans Albany, which was something just over 28 years. So that's where we've been. It's incredible. That's yeah. awesome. And so over that time, I'm sure there were many good times, but am I right in assuming there are some, some rough times as well? Some, uh, yeah, one you, yeah, go into the no, background. It's just all of, smooth sailing. Is, is it? No problems at all. Yeah, so um, it's 41 years we've been believers and, um, you know, there's lots... We're going to talk about one challenge to our faith tonight, but there's lots and lots of challenges to your faith along the way. And I think the thing about the challenges, none of us really like them. Um, We want life just to go smooth and everything to be perfect. But I think the times of challenges are the times when it gets real with God, you know. It gets... You know, it gets up close, it gets personal, it gets, um, you know, do you, really, is, do you really believe this Christian life that you're living or not? And are you going to stand on the promises of God or not? And so, yeah, we've had many, many challenges, yeah. but um, you're going to talk a bit about... Yeah. Why, do you, why don't you share a yeah. moment where you've needed to trust in, in God? Yeah. Yeah. So we, uh, we've chosen a, a particular area uh, that we experienced really early in our Christian life 
so I found the first year of our Christian life very, uh, very challenging. God really worked in our heart. And one area that God worked in our heart was the area of finance. And I think it was largely for me. I think that I had uh, long pockets and short hands. <laughs> Could never quite get in there, you know, to be generous. Really watched our finance and always worried about the future, whether I'd ha we'd have enough. And that is an absolute problem if you want to trust God because you either serve God or money. And so God had to deal with finance really early in our lives. So our, our story tonight is really about how God dealt with us in that area of finance. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's great. And, um, and there was sort of like he sort of dealt with us by challenging us to give, didn't he? You know? yeah. yeah, so, so we, uh, no one taught us about tithing. We began to feel like we needed to tithe. Mm. And it was a conviction we felt like that God gave us. So we moved into the area of tithing. We also found ourselves giving as we felt God prompted us over and above. So yeah. those two areas started really early in our Christian life. Yeah, that's great. So, you know, you had this natural... I think it's a gift, but it also was a bit of a stronghold as well of you being able to manage money well. Yes. And when you came into your Christian walk, you found maybe that was a bit of a, something that God initially started working on. Yes. Um, that you saw straight away and, and you know, started with serve, uh, starting with tithing and then yes. also giving above and beyond tithing. And then yeah, can that's you, right. Yeah, break down what sort of, um, I guess, desperate situation you found yourself in after that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Just, just before you go oh, into yeah. that, I was just going to say that when um, we're right in the early part of your Christian life, when God wants to do a work in your life, he might work with us in the area of finances because he had potential to be a stronghold, but God might be working in your life in another area. You know, it's, really it's, so he work in different areas and um, you need to sort of like let him in and be obedient. In those new, fresh, when you're first born again and you're excited, let him do what he wants to do in your life. Open up and just trust him and, yeah, because yeah. he's setting out for the future. But, yeah, go on, you tell That's us. That's so good. Yeah, so background to our story mm. is, is God is working in your heart way in advance mm. and he knows where he wants to bring you. So one of the things that I had in my heart from about 16 years of age was I wanted to own my own home. In fact, I wanted to pay cash for it. So there was a, quite a bit of savings that went on in order to have that sort of finance. But there, there came a time, uh, I guess in the 90s, when we had enough to purchase a house, a moderate house, for cash. So that, that would be equivalent to about 350000 or around that in today's terms. You're good savers. Yeah. And... Um, <laughs> And in, in those days, in the 90s, life was quite different. In fact, almost exactly the opposite to what it is now. In those days, the Labor government, the Hawke government, were bringing in, uh, they were taking out financial regulations and financial uh, bodies were springing up everywhere. And the competition for uh, giving loans and so on grew to the degree where you could get about 18% interest. And so people wow. were borrowing money for 20% interest rate wow. to keep their businesses going, their businesses and so on. So there were unprecedented times. But for us, uh, we'd saved that sort of money that we were... You could double your money in seven years just by leaving it in the bank. It was that sort of uh, scene and that time. Uh, so uh, when we were in that... Place. I had a heart not to be in debt, had a, a heart to uh, use that money to build a home. 
but then uh, God began to speak to my heart. And I thought it was the devil, you know, it had to be. And it went on for months because he was talking to me about giving that finance away. So that was, that was God definitely breaking a stronghold for a plan, the sort of plans he has had for the rest of our Christian experience. Yeah. So the, um, the church that we were a part of at the time, we've been a part of just two churches in all of our Christian life, but we were, the church we were a part of at the time had a building program and uh, we loaned that money to the church in a free of interest line. So they made the interest on it, and it was over a period of seven years. Yeah. So that's what we did. Um, what, yeah, what so uh, we, we loaned it to the church for seven years. Uh, the, and it was then that we began. I needed to comfort myself because my, my security was in money. Uh, and uh, we had uh, scriptures that told us that you know you could invest in the work of God and he would return to you. So I used to sit at times in my office and say, well, we've loaned you this much, God. And so working that out over seven years, that's a whole lot of money you've got to give back to us. I'm really looking forward to that day. <laughs> and, but in actual fact, when the money came back, it came back as the same amount of money that we gave to the church. The miraculous thing that happened, and I, I don't understand the figures, yeah. the, the money that we offered for a house, a three-year-old house, to buy it cash was triple the money we gave to the church. Yeah. Somehow more money had come to us, yeah. and so we were sitting in the position where we offered this finance. We delayed it three months because a term deposit with teacher's credit was earning 17.5% interest, yeah. and I figured we needed... Once we had that three months, we had sufficient money. So uh, it was sitting in a term deposit, but uh, in those times, things were starting to go awfully wrong with financial institutions. Yeah. And uh, financial institutions started to crash. And teachers' credit had a run on the bank with our money sitting in there. And I began to go, uh-oh, what's going to happen here? Mm-hmm. They... They got a loan from the R&I Bank for about 18000 in those days and propped up there themselves. Mm. Uh, but things were looking really uh, scary. Yeah, so we just put the um, deposit, uh, not, not even, we just signed the deal for the house and yes. we were just waiting for That's settlement. Right. All our money was with teacher's credit. Now we got it back from the church, all of it was with teacher's credit. And um, the, I suppose the desperate situation that we found ourselves in was we looked like we were going to lose yes. everything. So after having given to the church for that seven years, getting it back, you know, yeah. enough yeah. to put a, you know, to buy this house outright still, that was miraculous. We, um, we found ourselves actually going to lose it all. So that was our desperate situation. Yes. Yeah. yeah. yeah so, well, so you worked hard and you saved yeah. this amount of money, which was around, was it twenty twenty three $23,000? Is that right? Around yes. 20, yeah. Yes. It's loads of money. And so you worked hard and you felt stirred in your heart to invest that into the church's building fund yeah. with yes. the promise that that would return in seven years with interest. Yes. And, uh, oh, without interest. No, with, they keep the interest. They we, get just the get the, we just get the yeah. 23 back. You yeah. just get the 22 yeah. back. And yeah. so God returned much more. Absolutely. Much yeah. more. Um, mm. is it, what was the number? Is that okay if we... Uh, yeah, yeah. We, we paid 67500 wow. for the house. Wow. Yeah, so 
Wow. That other 40 odd thousand came into us yeah. uh, in and that time. Right before you were set to receive that, is yes. that that's when it looked like it was all about yes. to go. Yeah, that's yeah, right. we um, finally, and I think I got, I said the 90s, but really it was the 1987 uh, financial crash. There was a financial crash in 1987, mm. and at that stage, teachers' credit collapsed. And so did a number, I think about nine financial institutions collapsed at that point. So we looked like we were done as far as our money was concerned. So we'd signed the deal, we owed the money uh, for the house and that was our dilemma. What do we do now? Yeah, great question. So I guess, yeah, what what did you do in that moment? What were some promises that that you found um, that you hooked yourselves into in that time? Yeah, so one scripture that we knew about was Psalm 34, 17. It says, The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. So we cried out to God to help us, and we set aside deliberate time to pray and petition God. That's how we used the scripture at that time. Yeah, that's great. And so that's, that's something that was close to your heart. And I think there was yeah. an, another one as well that you both shared, and, and this yeah. was the, the big one yeah. that you hooked yourselves into. Well, look, that, that's scripture we knew, so you've got to know the Word of God for times like yeah. that, so you can draw on the Word of God, so you've got to be in the Word of God. So we knew that scripture, and we responded to that scripture. Norm um, and I prayed. Norm's a real prayer. He'll go out and seek God, and he'll fast, and then quite often God will give me a word. So it's kind of cool. He works together, but he puts in the hard work, and I get the answer. Working both sides. Yeah. And... Um, and so God, uh, God gave us a word, um, uh, and you know, it's it's. This is when God sort of drops a word into your heart, and and I don't think I was probably necessarily reading it or at the time, but it just came into my heart, and it was um, in Revelations, and it says, "I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door, and no one can shut it, for you have little strength, have kept my word, and have not denied my name." So, um, so that's that's the word that dropped into our heart. Um, do you want me to keep going? Or? Yeah, so yeah, the word resonated in our hearts. Yeah. How do you know you've heard a word from God? We, mm. we weren't looking to manufacture something. We really needed God to speak to us yeah. in that situation. So yeah. it, it kind of resonated in our hearts. We um, trying to think with a certain level of hope and peace came to us. Yeah. Fear seemed to dissipate. Yeah. And uh, there was a sense of excitement, like, you know, you're starting to write, like God's going yeah, to do something, maybe yeah. here, you know. <clears throat> That was starting to come into our hearts, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just, just want to talk a little bit more about just hearing from, from God. In times like this, God, you've got to have a, a relationship with Jesus. You know, sometimes it's good to stand on the Word of God and go, this is what the Word of God is, says and I'm standing on it. Yeah. That's one aspect of your faith. But this is like you need a personal word from God in a situation like this. And so, you know, the Holy Spirit is at work in our lives and he'll, he'll quite often drop a word into our heart. It's really important that you know the word of God, you go to the word of God, make sure you're not just hearing voices in your head. But that was a personal word to us. So the first word was, you know, like if you cry out to me, I will answer you, I'll rescue. That was a word we just knew and we acted on, but this personal word. I've, I've, I'm gonna. I've set before you an open door, and no one can shut it. You know, and so it's. This is where it comes up down to. You must have a relationship with Jesus, and that's what He's trying to nurture in you in in those times. Yeah, that's really great. Having a relationship with God, and and then so in that gap time, um, why don't you break down that? Because you had that promise, but there also, you know, you had that promise sitting there, but there was still a, a gap time, a season where you didn't see that fulfilled. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so the gap time is a tense time. Yeah. Yeah. I 
still had that feeling like this could go terribly wrong. <laughs> and I had good days and bad days, yeah, if you yeah. know what I mean. Like yeah. doubt comes in and you're wondering if this is, you know, you're just hearing things, uh, you're just being crazy. And, mm. and so the gap time is not a like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm just floating through. It's all going to be fine it's now. Yeah. <laughs> it, it isn't like that. It's a real battle in your mind. There's a real battle in your emotions. Mm. It's a real battle to hold on to the word of God. But mm. we, we did, and that's... As I said earlier, that's the time when I console myself. This is a quite a big bill you've got amassing here, God, that you're going to send back to us. So I would do that just based on the fact that God was going to do something for us here. We, yeah. we knew that. Yeah. Um, and we just didn't quite know how we it was going to We didn't quite know what that was going to yeah. be. Yeah. Because we, we, we had a promise. That's all we had. <laughs> We still had our problem, you know, the, the money, teacher's credit looked like it was going to go under and, you know, we had a house that we had to pay for. So we, we just, we had the promise but nothing else. So it is scary. Um, you do, you have fear, you know. Um, but the thing about getting a word from God, and, and Shafin has talked about this, is that it does give you something that you can latch your faith onto, you know. It's that, yeah. uh, that hook that you can latch your faith onto. And uh, But I think what happens in the gap time is that your capacity to trust God gets stretched, it gets expanded, you know. Um, You die. (laughs) You die to yourself, you know, Um, because... Yeah, if God doesn't come through, you're in trouble, you know. And it's it's actually, we hate those times. I, I, I just like to have all my ducks in a row and know exactly what's going to happen. But your capacity doesn't grow in those times, you know. You're not dying to yourself in those times. Um, and so I think, I think it's really good for us to learn how to um, be comfortable with the unknown. And I think God wants us, sometimes we just got to know what's going to happen yes, but yet next. But these are the opportunities, the gap times are the opportunities where God gets you comfortable with the unknown. And yeah, um, yeah. yeah Sorry. I love, like when we, were, when we were talking about this, we caught up and, um, you know, you shared this story. You said you're really passionate about embracing, not just surviving the gap time, yes. but embracing it, really yeah. taking yeah. hold of the gap time and what yeah. God is doing in that. Moment. I don't, did you have any other thoughts that you just wanted to share around that? Yeah, I, I was yeah. going to say that uh, it's a really dangerous time, that gap time, in that you feel at times insecure and afraid, you feel responsible, and sometimes you're going to jump into that gap time with your own energy, your own scheme, mm. your own activity, and then you just undermine completely what God wants to do. And you've really got to watch that in the gap time. There'll be this urging and this pushing yeah. to get in there with your, yourself and meddle and organise your own blessing. Yeah. Yeah. But what you've got to do is once you've committed it to God, then you've got to trust him. And there's a whole deal goes on in that gap time in sifting between your urges and what you want to do and the leading of the Holy Spirit. And so it's a really fruitful time yeah. if you just hang in there and hold fast and go, no, God, you've got to do this. I'm not doing it. And allow him to move. And he may prompt you at some point, but yeah. there'll be some clarity that it's God. But there might be a whole bunch of other stuff going on in your head that you have to die to. Yeah. yeah. And I think it can be a time of temptation as well where you go, well, you know, well, God, what are you doing? You know, and I thought you loved us. And, you know, your attitude and your heart, this is... The Word of God says to guard your heart, and I think the gap times are times where you need to be guarding your heart. You know, you need to be 
you know, speaking faith, um, you know, continuing to go back to God and trust him because, you know, the enemy wants to come in and just convince you that God doesn't care about you, he's forgotten about you and look what he's, you know, look what this has done. You've given all your money and, you know, you think you've got it back and look what's happened and this gap time kind of talk in your head that you have to avoid, I think, and be aware of at least, yeah. Because it's natural. I think we all have those thoughts in those seasons and they creep in. And so I think, you know, a lot of what we have to do is just, is yeah, what you said, guard your heart and and then speak faith. So not just not allowing those thoughts to come in, but begin to verbalise the promises of God. And I love how you, you know, I don't, I think it was jokingly said, I mean, you added up the number and of, of what you would have earned if you invested that money into a bank. And uh, and you said, God, here's your, here's your bill. Yeah, and, but yeah. not out of a not out of a God, you owe me this, but out of a faith that I believe that God will come through on this. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. yeah I love that. And and see, I love the way uh, God far exceeds what you think He can do. So I added up the bill over seven years. I could double the money that we had. So twenty three adds up to forty six, but we had sixty seven, oh, or sixty seven and a half in the end. So to to God's glory, he, yeah. he exceeds what you think he yeah. can do if you yeah. just hang in there. Yeah, and so why don't you tell us about, yeah, that promised fulfillment and, um, you know, I guess the environment around that blessing as well. Yeah, um, so how did we get out of this one? Uh, so there were financial institutions crashing around us, or I think about nine, but there, and uh, I think the, uh, the WA government first said, all right, we'll bail one out. But then they realised they couldn't keep doing that. Uh, But Teachers Credit Society was the last (laughs) financial institution they chose to bail out. So they did a a controversial deal with the R&I Bank. The R&I Bank took over Teachers Credit and we received all our money with interest. Isn't God good? Yeah. (laughs) In, in time to buy the house, yeah. free house. In time for settlement, in time yeah. to yeah. buy the house, yeah. Yeah, with cash. With, with cash. cash, yeah. Incredible. So we owned the yeah, house, own freehold. House. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And so through the journey, um, through the, the promise, the gap time, and the promise fulfillment, and now looking back on that, mm-hmm. um, yeah, what did God reveal about himself through the journey? Um, that scripture, you know, um, I set before your open door, if you keep on reading it, um, it, it talks about how God's going to show the world that he loves us. And I think for me, it, it, you can be tempted to think maybe God doesn't love you in those gap times, but what it showed to me was how much he loved us and how much he wanted to, to provide for us and he, and he wanted to bless us. And I think the other thing he, he showed us was that it, it, we've kind of became subtly committed to to never being afraid to give generously when God asked us to give. So we hadn't been afraid. It was a bit of an adventure in the early days of, of giving and, and seeing what God would do. And, but, um, you know, this, this was a big one and we just went, look what God is able to do. Um, and I think, um, you know, he never lets us down. You know, it, it says, um, you've kept my word, that scripture says, and you haven't denied me. And, you know, I think if... If you, if you keep the word of God, if you do what God tells you to do, he's never going to leave us without. And so I guess we got, we, God showed more of himself as being able to do that and, he, and that he can always provide for us, yeah. 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 And I love the fact that God has a yeah. plan and 
for me, it started when I was 16 and I had this dream that I would own a house for cash. And I don't know where that came from, but now I know. You see, uh, I think God placed it in my heart. And as we came through and learnt this lesson, I began to see that God uh, was very real in the plan that he had. And ultimately what happened is owning our house was vital for us because when God called us to the ministry, we had four small children. Bev was looking after those children. The pay uh, from church in those days, it was um, just a small church and and just building, uh, couldn't really afford us. And so we were receiving $150 a week and we were tithing 100 And so... We needed to own a home. We didn't need a mortgage and we didn't need to pay rent. We were, we were in a situation where we were right out there in faith. Mm. And one of the things that I came to realise is that that dream that God put in my heart when I was 16 had real significance yeah. when I hit about 30 or so and I was called to, the, uh, to serve God. And, and I think probably I didn't start working the church till around the age of 40, so... Uh, we were um, we were greatly blessed by God and see, able to see that God is well ahead of the game, mm-hmm. and He's well ahead of the game in your life as well. He's put things in your heart that He's working out, and if you stay with it, mm-hmm. trusting Him and allowing Him to to teach you and show you what to do, then you'll see the fulfilment of those dreams. I believe, right. yeah. as I did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so powerful. So, so God was setting up in that gap time. He was enabling you to buy your house so that you could move into a season where you could be in ministry, earning almost nothing, but being able to financially support that time so that you could minister to other people. So not only did that gap time bring a blessing in a way, but it actually laid the foundation for your ministry, which is incredible. Um, And I love that. God's always one step ahead. God is always one step ahead. And we can question in the moment, um, but God's not looking at the moment. He's looking no. at what he's doing in yeah. your life and the future, the plan yeah. to prosper, and I think it's awesome. Yeah, it's yeah so good. absolutely. Yeah. So having said all of that, and I thank you so much for sharing your story, but what would you say to uh, other people that are also going through a gap time? Maybe it's financially, but I think we can allow this, this lesson to speak to us wherever we're at. Um, so, Ben, what would you say to people that are going through a similar thing? Um, yeah, and, and the, I guess what I wanted to say first is, you know, it's all right for us. We're telling this story and we know the end, you know, but you might be right in the middle of something. And yeah. the reality is Norm and I are right in the middle of something right now. You know, there's always challenges, yeah. okay? But um, I think for me what I would say is don't be afraid to do life God's way. So, Which means, you know, you, you're being obedient to his word. Because the, the Bible says that um, his ways are not our ways. So it's a challenge to do God do life God's way sometimes. Um, but his ways are actually higher than our ways. They're, they're better, so much better than our ways. And even if that involves um, temporary sacrifice for you, you need to know that um, his word is always going to come to pass. And so um, you can trust him and, and don't give up in those seasons. Don't give up because there is a blessing at the end of it. And, uh, and he, has, he has a plan, like we said. And those little steps of obedience that God asks you to do, those choices um, that he's asking of you, that they've got 
real significance greater than just what you're going through in that season. There's something more beyond that. You know, he knows the beginning from the end. He's the author and he's the finisher of our faith. And, you know, God is setting you up when he's requiring you to make choices and be obedient to him. He's setting you up to sow for the blessings that he wants to bring into your, into your life. Yeah. That's, that's ahead. And, and he's setting you up to overcome ahead. And, um, so um, it's okay if I just keep talking. Yeah, Eric, pull us up if we're running out. So the times of challenge um, that require faith um, and the promises that God gives to us in those times, they're not just for that moment. You know, they're, 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 um, they're, these words that God's given to us over many years and of challenges, they're words that resonate in your heart. You've proven them, them to be true. There's like an echo that goes on in your life when God you know, gives you those scriptures. Because, and you need to have those because the challenges will keep coming. It's not yeah. just one challenge, good, I've done that, and I'm perfect now. Challenges keep coming. And um, you know, uh, it says in the Word that we're going to have trials. And we know that, but we don't really, yeah. We know it, but sometimes we don't believe it, I think. You know? um, but it says, be of good cheer because I, talking about Jesus, I've overcome the world. So when we follow Jesus, um, we're, gonna, we're going to have enemies. We're going to have um, things are going to come against us. You know, when we step out in, in faith, there's going to be those who are going to work against us. Yeah, Even if yeah. there can be people and they can be spiritual, but they're going to have your enemies that work against us. They're going to cause trouble. Um, they're going to resist us. And if we, we either learn to overcome or we get overcome. Okay, so we, we either get overcome or we become overcomers. And, uh, you know, when, when we live the life that God calls us to, uh, there's, Shafin, you will like this, there's risk, isn't there? There's always a risk involved. It, it can be a scary adventure. And uh, we can find ourselves in places, you know, where if God doesn't come through, we're, we, let us say, stuffed. We really are if God doesn't come through. And I would say that's the normal Christian life. You need to, if you're not experiencing that, you need to get into a lane where you're experiencing that. Not, not be stupid, but just know that you're going to have those challenges and, and you're going to have to trust God and, um, and not to despair in those times because God, he loves you and he's going to come through for you. And um, I wanted to share a scripture um, from 2 Corinthians 1, 8 to 11. I don't know if they've got it or not, but this is something that God spoke to me just recently, but... You know, um, it was, it's the Apostle Paul, and he was in a terrible situation, and, um, and I think he was probably in jail. He was in jail a lot. But this is what he said. This is from the Message Bible, and I just love it because it relates, I think, to how we feel sometimes. We don't, want you, we don't want you in the dark, friends, about how hard it was when, we, when all this came down on us in Asia province. It was so bad, we didn't think we were going to make it. You know, sometimes we feel like that. We felt like we'd been set, sent to death row and that it was all over for us. As it turned out, it was the best thing that could have happened. Instead of trusting in our own strength or wits to get out of it, we were forced to trust God totally. Not a bad idea since he's the God who raises the dead. And he did it. He rescued us from certain doom and he'll do it again. Yeah. Rescuing us as many times as we need rescuing. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things I love about that, and God spoke that to me um, a little while ago when I was in another troubled situation going, God, you know, and God goes, I'm going to rescue you. Yeah. And not only that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put an advance on that. I'll rescue you as many times as you need rescuing. Oh, 
You know, and so as believers, when we get ourselves out there, we're stepping out in faith. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. Don't be afraid when there's challenging situations because God, his promise is he's going to rescue us and he'll rescue you again as many times as you need it. It's, it's never ending. He's going to rescue us. Yeah. 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 So one of our great themes is obviously he rescued us in this financial situation and that set us up to have great faith in him in the area of finances. He broke that stronghold and brought us into a place where uh, we saw that by using our money for God, uh, we were in the best place. So uh, just uh, one other thought as uh, we conclude, and that that's the, the, I want to read an overarching scripture too that's been important to us as we've gone on that speaks into those situations of trusting God. And it comes from Hebrews 12.2 and it says, Let us run with endurance the race God has set before us, We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. And this scripture has been important to us for 40 plus years of our Christian walk uh, because it has application to everything that you go through. You see, when you look at this scripture, the big picture that it casts is that Jesus began your faith and now he is the one who is completing your faith. He's the author and finisher of your faith. The whole idea of completing your faith is he brings it to maturity, he completes it, and he brings you into that place where he intends you to be. Uh, and so you're, as he grows your faith, as he brings you through various circumstances that we all experience, then he'll complete it. So I want to encourage you, don't quit. Don't quit wherever you might be, whatever challenges you have before you, because this scripture says keep enduring, keep persevering, Keep trusting, even though your circumstance looks hopeless. Because he is the champion of your faith. He, he, and the word champion means he's your strong advocate. He's the one who vigorously supports you. So if you find yourself you know, in a low place tonight and you're working through that gap time, you're struggling to believe God, don't leave Jesus And the temptation is to leave him for your own resources and all sorts of thoughts go through your head. But what you've got to understand is he is your champion. And if you leave him, you've got nothing. You've just got you. But if you've got him, you've got the Lord of all. You've got the one who can persuade um, the government at the time um, to save teacher's credit and give your money back with interest. You've got that sort of King of kings and Lord of lords. And we didn't have that ability to persuade uh, my old mate Brian Burke to do that. Uh, but he is my mate. I like him. I've ever liked him ever since. He's a bit shy. Oh, no. Anyway, this is going out everywhere, isn't it? So, uh, so you need to persevere. You need to trust Jesus, the champion of your faith, will bring you through. He's your advocate. He's the one who vigorously supports you. So... Uh, Here it says we do that by keeping our eyes steadfastly on Jesus. In other words, keeping your focus and your concentration on him. Much like me when I drew aside and went, God, this is a big bill because your scripture says this. In my own way, I was keeping my eyes on Jesus, bringing us through. And the story of Peter seeking to walk on the water is a great example of what can happen if you lose concentration on Jesus.
remember the story, or you may not know the story, is a huge storm has gone on, and seasoned seamen are terrified, and Jesus comes walking to them in this rough sea, and they see him, and Peter calls out, tell me I can come to you on the water, and you're listening for the word of God. The word of God is come, come, Peter. So Peter steps out, and he walks on the water. In, this, in the midst of this storm. And we don't know what distracted him. We don't know whether it was insecurity or fear or the impossibility of the situation. But there came a time in that journey where he stopped focusing on Jesus. He took his eyes off Jesus. He stopped concentrating on Jesus. And he started to look at the circumstances. Now what happened to him is what happens to us if we get our eyes off Jesus. He began to sink into all the circumstances that surrounded him. And that's the key in this scripture. Keep your eyes on Jesus. That's how you navigate challenging things. You keep going to him. Keep drawing grace. Keep drawing strength. Keep drawing faith that he will support you because he is the champion who's going to bring you through and completely mature your faith uh, so that you're in the place that he intends you to be doing as he intended you to do so that's my encouragement for you tonight coming off the back of this that's so good well thank you guys so much for, for sharing and it's been such an honor i know i've been encouraged hearing your story and um i'm ready to go ready to go into the next season but can we just thank these guys Give them a round of applause. so good